The Widening Gyre by Robert B. Parker Chapter 1 I was nursing a bottle of Murphy's Irish whiskey, drinking it from the neck of the bottle sparingly, and looking down from the window of my office at Berkeley Street where it crosses Boylston. It was dark and there wasn't much traffic down there. Across the street there were people working late in the ad agency, but the office where the brunette art director worked was dark. The silence in my office was linear and dwindling like an art perspective exercise. The building was pretty much empty for the night, and the occasional faraway drone and jolt of the elevator only added energy to the silence. I sipped a little whiskey. When you thought about it, silence was rarely silent. Silence was the small noises you heard when the larger noises disappeared. I sipped another small swallow of whiskey. The whiskey added a little charge to the silence. Irish whiskey was in fact excellent for thinking about things like silence. A car came slowly down Berkeley Street and parked up on the curb below my office window by a sign that said, Toe Zone, no parking any time. A bulky man with a large red nose got out. I knew who he was. Across Boylston Street on the Bonwitz corner, a man and woman stood arms around each other waiting for the light to change so they could cross Berkeley. She had her left hand in his hip pocket. He had his arm over her shoulders. Was it love or was she lifting his wallet? The light changed. They crossed, her hand still in his hip pocket. Love. Behind me I heard the office door open. I turned away from the window and there was the bulky man with the red nose. He said, You Spencer? I said, Yeah. He said, You know who I am? Fix Farrell, I said. FX, he said. I don't like that nickname. I said, You want a slug of Murphy's Irish whiskey? Sure. I handed him the bottle. He wiped the neck off automatically with the palm of his hand and took a slug. Then he handed me back the bottle. You a lush, he said. No. I can't do business with no lush. Wouldn't that depend on the business, I said. Farrell shook his head. Never mind that shit, he said. I would have heard if you was a lush. I had a little more whiskey and offered him the bottle. He took it and drank some more. He had on a light gray overcoat with black velvet lapels, and he was wearing a Homburg. The hair that showed around the hat was gray. The shirt that showed above the lapels of the overcoat was white, with a pin collar and a rep-striped tie tied in a big Windsor knot. I had you checked out, Spencer, you understand? I had my people look into you pretty thorough, and you come out clean. Yippee, I said. We're going to hire you. He gave me back the bottle. What made his nose red was a fine network of broken veins. The city council, I said. He shook his head impatiently. No, for Christ's sake, the Alexander Campaign Committee. We want you to handle security for us. Meet Alexander, the congressman? Yeah, they told me you were smart as a whip. Meade's running for the senator. Don't you read the papers? Only the funny stuff, I said. Tank McNamara and the city council proceedings. I drank a little more whiskey. Sure, sure, Farrell said. You want the job? Security, I said. Security. We've had some death threats, and they're probably some left-wing crackpot, but Brown's connected, so you got to pay some attention. Brown? Alexander's opponent? Yeah, Robert Brown. He's got mob affiliation? Oh, yeah, sure, Farrell said. Been in the bag for years. And you think the mob's trying to put a hit on Alexander? Farrell shook his head. 
know, but you can't be sure, and we got to have somebody to handle security anyway. Every campaign has to have security. Why not get the best? A gentleman of discerning sensibility, I said. Yeah, sure. You want the job? Who's doing it now? Couple of Fitchburg cops on temporary duty to the campaign staff. They'll stay, but you'd be in charge. Alexander's from Fitchburg? Yeah. What mob has Brown in its pocket, I said. Farrell shrugged. Who knows? If you don't know who bought him, how do you know he's bought, I said. Farrell took the bottle from me again without asking and drank. Then he passed it back. I drank a much smaller swallow than he had. What the fuck are you, the editor of the Boston Globe? It doesn't matter what I can prove. We're talking politics, asshole. You don't know me well enough to call me pet names, Fix. Farrell paid no attention. He looked at his watch. What do you say? You want the job or no? Money's not a sweat. We can get together on the money. I turned away from Farrell briefly and stared out my window at the dark street and the darkened window of...